Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today we're staying local. You know how I love tripping around the world and travelling to Vienna and all those kinds of places. Today I'm in my hometown of Brisbane and I'm popping over the hill to the beautiful Sanford Valley and I have with me the most beautiful uh, Kate Vandervoort. Uh, Kate, founder and CEO of Social Mediology and Take 10 Social. Good afternoon, Kate. Hi, Melinda. How are you? It's great to be here. Uh, good, thanks. I was just having a little chat to Kate before our ch- um, podcast today, and she's got two children coming home from school very shortly, so we're going to make this one a quick one. And you know how I promise everybody that my podcast is going to be quick? This time Kate's going to hang up on me, so it will be quick. Kate, tell us all about your business. Um, thanks, Melinda. Well, I founded Social Mediology in 2009, and the the bulk of what I do now is really coaching and consulting with businesses on their social media strategy. So most of my work now is with larger companies or larger businesses or not-for-profits, and it's really around what's the culture that's required in their business to embrace these new technologies and to use social media to connect with their um, current customers and their potential customers. And I really love that work and that keeps me really busy. But I um, I really miss the work that I've done over the years with small business and with, um, you know, independent people like writers and consultants and trainers and teachers, people who really also want to use this technology, but it can be so overwhelming. So I've just launched, launched an online learning platform um, to help that kind of uh, – you know, those kind of people so that they still get access to all of the the learnings that we've had over the years around how to use these technologies. Yeah. Now, everybody, we are those kind of learners uh, and that's why I've got Kate on today. She has this wonderful online learning platform called Take 10 Social and she's got all these little courses that I'm sure will suit every one of us. Now, I'll, I'll go on and do them as they come online because we've only got one up at this stage. Well, they may be up there. I'll talk to Kate in a minute. But it's Facebook Masterclass, Instagram Masterclass, Twitter Masterclass, Wedding Academy, don't even want to go there, and Not-for-Profit Academy. So let's talk about the first three, Kate. Sure. The the idea behind Take 10 Social is really creating small bite-sized pieces of content that um, people and businesses can digest as a part of their working day. So I know for me, whenever I sign up to online courses, I can get quite overwhelmed by you know, having to do hours and hours of work around that because I just find it really challenging to fit that in amongst my day. So um, the style of learning that I've created here is short 10-minute snaps of content. So most of it's video, some of it's articles. There are certainly templates in there as well. But it's very much about being able to you know, watch a 10-minute video, go and apply it straight away. So the first um, course that has launched, as you mentioned, is the Facebook Masterclass. And over the next six months, we're also launching Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
blogging, and we may go down the path of um, some of the the newer platforms like Snapchat, but they're certainly not not the first cabs off the rank. Um, and those masterclasses really step you through from the very basic settings right through to the advanced strategies. And you mentioned those um, those academies. They're actually industry-specific academies. So we're launching one for the wedding industry, one for the not-for-profit industry, one for professional services. And there's one coming a little down the track, which is for learning professionals. And I think that will actually... Um, be of interest for writers as well. So we may even, if there's demand, expand the reach of those. But those academies are about a monthly membership where you get coaching and monthly webinars and content that's specifically done for those individual industries. Uh, Yeah, now look, Katie's very, very good. She's been in this industry for years. And as we know, some of these things aren't simple. Now, Kate, I have enrolled, everybody knows I've enrolled in a course by Mark Dawson and it costs only $1,000 and it's huge and it's got everything we need to know, but it's very, very technical. So I've paid out all this money and I haven't even opened it because I'm scared. Uh, Mm. Your courses are for people like me, aren't they? They certainly are. And, you know, there are some fundamental principles, I guess, that um, that are really important for people to get their head around because making social media work for business or work for, you know, for writers, for people who are wanting to build their own brand on social media, it actually does take something and particularly Facebook. You know, the the days of the wild, wild west where you could just set up a Facebook page and thousands of people would be there to see your content. It's just not that way anymore. So you need to be really strategic. And maybe if it's all right with you, Melinda, I could take just a moment to share a couple of those fundamental principles because I'd really like your listeners to walk away from this with some tangible things that they can go and put into place in in their business. Is that okay? Oh, that's what that's what we that's what we want, everybody. That's Excellent. what we're here for. I've keep forgetting. <laughs> I'm on a see I meander um and Kate's on a time frame so she doesn't muck around she's good at oh, this stuff sorry no go for it no we've only got half an hour I think you're absolutely That's right okay. tell us more tell us more um yeah so I mean some of the fundamental principles are that your current best customers and I'll call them customers but you know apply that to to your target audience so whether that's your readers the community that you want to connect with, the people who are already connected with you in some way. So they're your supporters. Sometimes it's even as small as starting with your family and your friends. But the people who are your current best supporters, best clients, best customers, they lead you to more people like them. So on social media, we tend to be connected to people who are like us. So I'm a 40-year-old woman. I actually, my kids are not school age. They're two and the other ones just turned 10 months. So they're actually quite young. But I'm connected to a whole lot of other women who are mothers of young children. I'm connected to people who live in my geographical location. I'm connected to people who are active in my community because I'm active in the community. I'm connected to people who went to university who have have, um, you know, an interest in social media and digital technologies. So if I'm your ideal customer, by delivering value or content to me on social media, I lead you to more people like me. So for your listeners, it's really about thinking, who is the ideal person that I want to connect with on social media? And often they're the ones that you're already connected to. And how do I deliver value to them? 
How do I share content that inspires, educates, makes them laugh, makes them want to take action? How do I do something that creates an emotive response for them so that they engage with my content and lead me to more people like them? Does that make sense? I can't even write it down quick enough, everybody. I've, I'm having some coaching at the moment, Kate, and everybody keeps saying to me, who's my avatar? And I'm going, I am. And then I thought, my friends on Facebook are. They, they're mm. already doing what I want them to do and I'm already doing what they want me to do and we're actually getting on very well, thank you. I don't want an avatar. It never occurred to me that we already had ourselves yeah, and you, you know, that's where you want to start. Um, I think some of the questions that you want to ask, though, are what's the best platform for me to connect um, with more people like them? So if you're already really active on Facebook, certainly your friends and your connections on Facebook are a good place to start, but you probably want to set up a public, if you're an author or a writer, um, you probably want to set up a public profile page rather than just running your personal account. Um, you have a whole lot of options that are available to you through what we call a business page, but it, it's a public profile page. Um, and that's where you can start to engage in things like advertising and um, using the offers feature. There's a shop feature now. There's a services feature. So there's all sorts of features that are available to business pages or public profile pages that are not available to personal profiles. Um, and whilst you would use your personal profile to certainly promote the other and to build a following there, um, there are some limitations to only marketing yourself with a personal profile on Facebook. Well, there you go. And that's my first takeaway, everybody. I'm in the wrong spot. Thank you, Kate. There's <laughs> always something, isn't there? Okay, so, yeah, I have heard a little bit about um, the business pages. I just haven't looked into it as yet. So Facebook is definitely one, and, like, it's a huge topic on its own. And now you would already have your six-week masterclass. So that's 10 minutes a day for six weeks, is it, or 10 minutes a week? It's actually 10 pieces of content a week of 10 minutes each. So there is quite a bit there. Um, you don't have to do them all in the week. Once you sign up for that um, course uh, and Facebook is the bane of my life because the moment I create a video, Facebook changes the way it works or it changes functionality or it changes the, the layout and I have to re-record those videos. But the good news is that once you sign up for that um that course, you get all of the updates on an ongoing basis. So if you don't complete the course in six weeks, and we actually have, um, we've got quite a number of people undertaking that at the moment. And the first ones to sign up for that are still only in week four. But out of all of those, I think there's only a couple who are actually up to the week four content. So um, you don't need to feel overwhelmed by it. You do have access to it on an ongoing basis. And we have a, a private Facebook group for people who are undertaking our courses and everyone in there is sharing their business page and sharing their ideas and sharing the kind of content and getting feedback and um, having that kind of coaching or that community that supports you through the course can help keep you motivated as well. Yeah, and I think, look, I think, Kate, you're on to something, and especially with people like me. Now, everybody, this course is only 40 bucks. Now, keep in mind I've paid a 1000 and I haven't even used it. Here's a course for $40 that will keep me entertained for a long time, I can guarantee it. But I also get to network. I also get to network with, as you said, other people with business pages. And I thought it's actually a very good way, very, very good place to start. 
Well, and it takes you through everything from literally how do you set up a business page, um, what are all of the settings that you need to optimize that page, both from the back end and from the front end? How do you make it look visually appealing? Then we go through how do you, what kind of content works on Facebook? How do you create that content? How do you use it as a customer service tool? So when people are asking questions or commenting, how do you really engage with them around that? Um, and then we look at uh, a lot of the different functionality like the shop and the services. We look at the insights so you know how to measure your success on Facebook. Um, and then we go into Facebook advertising and some of the more advanced features like Facebook Live. And I actually think Facebook Live is something that authors could really benefit from. And the way that the algorithm with Facebook works is that when they launch new features, that kind of content ranks higher than um, than other forms of content. And Facebook Live is huge right now. So even if you once a week went live on Facebook through your phone or through your computer and did a live Q&A with your audience, it's a great way to, um, you know, it's, it's the, the thing that I love most about social media is that it just takes down all those walls and barriers and helps humans to connect and um, as you're building your profile, to actually be able to connect with your readers live is is really amazing, and it's free and it's easy to do through Facebook. Yeah. So we I, go into all of that. Yeah, I found Facebook Live, Kate, is absolutely amazing. I Facebook Live every time I, I put a podcast up, and I've actually had to start wearing my glasses with these things because people always pop on and say hello to me, and I can't answer back because I can't see their name. So now I Facebook Live every week. I say hello to everybody every week. But I'm also using it on my online course, Kate, so that my young people actually get to see me every week. And I thought as far as courses go having kids be able to interact, they just love it. Yeah, it's um, it's a great way to connect people. It's I've seen people use it in lots of innovative ways. It's lots of fun. Yeah, and they'll change it. I heard something too, Kate, that, and I've just started to do it myself, you can copy the URL or whatever you call it and then you can repost your Facebook Live because one of the problems is people are going Facebook Live but they're not using it uh, over and over again. So I listened to a podcast the other day and they said, well, copy it and then keep it so that you can repurpose those Facebook Live um, videos. Do you, do you do that? Yes, certainly. And you can also download the video. So if you want to download your live video and put it into embed it into a blog through something like YouTube or um, or Vimeo. So you can download that and use that video in other places as well, which can be really effective. Oh, so I can put my Facebook Live, I can download it and stick it on YouTube. You can. Now that makes sense, everybody. That saves me having to do these things twice. Facebook Live is so easy because as I'm walking along, I can just hit play. Um, YouTube's a pain because you've got to upload everything and get out the camera and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's look, that's a tip for me, everyone. And if it's a tip for me, you know my motto, it's a tip for me, it's a tip for you guys as well. Kate, I want to move you right along because I'm aware of time. Uh, the other things you've got up there, Instagram is the one that I use and I notice you've got a course coming on that. Yes, we do. Um, I'm I'm still madly recording the end of my Facebook masterclass because of all the changes that have been made. But Instagram is coming in the new year, um, and again with the you know F Facebook own Instagram, and they have um, applied a similar algorithm to Facebook uh, now onto Instagram, and obviously there's paid ads. So. Um, 
it means that you need to be much more strategic. It's not as simple to use as it used to be. And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of these technologies is, you know, they list on the stock market, they become a public company and they need to drive revenue for their shareholders. So things that once were free, uh, we now have to think about paying for. But the good news about Facebook and Instagram advertising is that it is the most targeted advertising you will find anywhere in the world. So for relatively small budgets, if you're wanting to target your ideal demographic on either of those platforms, you can look at who those people are because they're the people you're already connected to and you can advertise to people just like them. So if you have a role which is promoting yourself or promoting your product, then um, that kind of advertising is really effective. And it's probably one of the questions I get asked the most is um, how do I do all of this for free? And the reality is that most platforms at the end of the day will become a combination of free use, but to really see the power of them, you want to do a combination of free content and paid content. Yeah, and I'm noticing, I'm a little bit concerned, and you might be able to clear this one up for me, everyone, because the two are linked, my friends on Facebook, um, Facebook constantly say when I go onto Instagram, oh, your friend from Facebook is here on Instagram. So if I'm promoting something on Facebook, I actually have to change it for Instagram now because otherwise the same people are seeing the same thing. I wouldn't worry too much about that because the algorithm on both of those platforms means that only a portion of your audience are actually seeing that content at any point in time anyway. Um, So I wouldn't get too caught up. However, you definitely want to craft your content for the platform. So for example, the ideal dimension on Instagram is a square, whereas the ideal image dimensions on Facebook is not a square. It's a rectangle and there's particular dimensions to that. Um, If I can leave you all with a, a, not that I'm leaving, but if I can leave you all with a bit of a a tool to look up, it's Canva. I don't know if you've heard about Canva, but C-A-N-V-A, canva.com. There is a free version of that that's available and you can create, it's fabulous for creating social media assets. So when you go to create a template, you press Facebook or you press Instagram and it will create an image for you that's based on the dimensions that work best in that platform. So if you're creating something for Facebook and you also want to create the same piece of content for Instagram, you can just create two images very, very easily in Canva and you want to use the platform's for the strengths that they have. So Instagram, for example, the um, content that gets most engagement has 11 or more hashtags in it. Whereas on Facebook, I don't suggest that you use hashtags unless you have a very strategic purpose or reason for doing so. So you wouldn't want to create exactly the same content Um, although your visuals could be similar and your key messaging could be similar, you would want to craft that for the appropriate platform. Now, everybody, you know how we're writers. I just wonder how we get time to write nowadays. When I do my Instagram, I know I have to do hashtags because my beautiful niece told me that that's what I had to do. I get up to about six and my head starts to spin. Now you're telling me I have to have 11. 
<laughs> now, look, you don't have to. I'm just telling you that those <laughs> posts get better engagement. But what I suggest you do is, you know, set aside an hour and do some research. Go to the profiles that you admire most or that you see working best in your industry or your cause or your purpose or your niche or whatever you want to call that. Um, find the ones that are most successful in that space. Now, what you want to do is click on some of the hashtags that they're using. And it's it's a little bit, I liken it to kind of going down a rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. You know, you click on one hashtag and opens up a whole new world and you click on another and you end up somewhere else. And But what I want you to do is actually start to create a list of hashtags that your industry or your cause or your purpose or your niche use. And then if you put those in a document, um, or put them in notes on your phone so that you can very easily cut and paste those. It might be that you've got three different groups of hashtags. One might be for writers, Melinda, because you have a following who are writers. Um, one might be for, I'm just making this up, but one might be for travellers because a lot of travellers like the kind of content that you share and, and another group might be for a different, you know, a local target demographic for your students, for example, and you would create a list of ideal hashtags for each of those audiences. And then when you do your post, you just cut and paste that group of hashtags because you know that they're effective for that target group. So there are lots of tricks or lots of things, and we particularly cover these in the masterclasses and in the industry academies, lots of little tricks and tips that you can use that will save you time because at the end of the day, you know, my job is to be on social media all day because that's my business, but your job is not to be on social media all day and you want to find the most effective and useful ways of, of managing that. Yeah. Now I'm going to keep this lady, everybody, um, because already I consider myself to be reasonably intelligent. Now, it never occurred to me in a million years just to open up a document, make a list and cut and paste. I can guarantee that others out there already know that. And I'm just thinking that is so straightforward and it is so simple once you point it out to me. And I just don't think about that kind of stuff myself. Uh, everybody, I'm going to um, ask Kate... Um, to get, I'm going to get her to sponsor my podcast. I'm going to have all these courses up there so you can access them and buy them and all that kind of stuff. I can't imagine that anyone would not want your courses, Kate. They're, they're a wonderful idea um, and they're not very expensive at all. Already here in 10 minutes, you've given us more tips than I've, I've got out of all these thousands of dollars of courses that I'm buying and not doing. Um, so I think you're really on to something. The last one, because I'm moving along because I'm very good at this stuff, is Twitter. Now, Twitter, I've always avoided it like the plague, but it was the only one that I ever, ever had. And it's the best one for business, isn't it? I notice I have different, I guess, demographics for the different ones. Twitter is where it all happens. Um, it's interesting because it, it, it depends on what industry you're in. Um, Twitter is fabulous for media, for connecting with influencers and for connecting with industry. So Twitter is not so fantastic for, you know, for consumer sale type products, although the paid advertising allows you to cut through a lot of that. But for writers, even if you're not going to have a Twitter account and have a proactive strategy, what you want to do is set up lists within Twitter. So you might set up a list for journalists. You might set up a list for your local community. You might set up a list for 
um, media outlets or news outlets. And if you get onto a platform, something like Hootsuite, there are quite a few of them available. They're very low cost. I think they're about $5 a month. Um, And if you get onto something like Hootsuite, you can actually watch the lists. So you only, because there is so much rubbish on Twitter (laughs) and who cares what, Beyonce had for breakfast or what Justin Bieber did last night. Um, What you want to do is hone in just to the conversations. And I know that there's really strong industry networks around writers um, and authors. So, you know, tap into those on on Twitter. But if that's where your target audience is, and it does tend to be more business oriented. So if your target audience is, um, you know, more your white collar worker or, or people in corporate, um, mind you, having said that, there's very strong industry for the agriculture industry in Australia. They are very, very active on Twitter. Um the fashion industry, there are all sorts of the not-for-profit sector. There are all sorts of industries that have got really strong, um, you know, connection connectivity through Twitter. So it's about tapping into or finding the communities that are most relevant to you and making sure that you hone in just on those conversations because otherwise Twitter is very, um, very tricky to kind of get any deliverables from. And if you're blogging, um, you know, if you're writing a blog, I would certainly suggest that being on LinkedIn and building a profile and using the LinkedIn blog tool is definitely a place where you want to be. So, I'm, I'm uh, finding more and more as a writer that LinkedIn is the one that I'm going to to like other people's articles and then mm-hmm. they're coming back and liking my articles. And I know there's a guy, Adam Houlihan, I think his name is, he's written a book on on how to make LinkedIn work for you and everyone. I'll be getting him on the podcast one day whenever I find the notes that told me I had to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get a bit sidetracked, Kate. Uh, too much happening. Uh, Melinda, you <laughs> need a tool called Trello. Have you ever heard of Trello? I have it's heard my of new, Trello. What is it? My, It's my new best friend. Basically, you have a board and within that board you have lists and on every list you have cards and every card you can add images, add links, add comments, add notes and you can drag and drop those cards across the lists. So I know that a lot of authors actually use that tool for planning out their books because they might have chapter one, chapter two, et cetera, et cetera, and then you jot down on each card your different thoughts and you can really easily drag and drop those across different lists so you know if you decide that it doesn't belong in chapter one you want to put it into chapter three very easy just to move it across and you can attach any documentation or um, anything that relates to that piece of content so I use that to plan out all of my online courses and I give them different labels you know once a video is recorded I give it a green label whereas when it's still in draft it's orange and if it needs to be redone it's got a red label so it's a fantastic tool for planning and all of my to-do lists are also in Trello so it sounds like you need that Melinda because then you'll very easily find the cards about future speakers (laughs) And, and everybody I'm sitting here having a bit of a chuckle because you know my business is the business of writing but I don't have to know it myself I just have to invite all these guys on Kate um, <laughs> you're the expert I need and you're the expert I need to be but I just feel like I'm being dragged and dropped through all this technology there's so much of it and it's oh and it changes curve. so quickly yeah and, <laughs> yeah and Facebook I've heard you know you just get on top of it and then it changes again as you said 
head and you're the expert and you're struggling to get up on top of it, I mean, how do the rest of us stand a chance? Uh, one more thing, uh, three minutes to go, team. I'm rushing here. Messenger. I keep noticing people are advertising me on Messenger now and it's really annoying me. Um, Yes, that is another uh, pitfall from um, any free platform that you might be on is that, you know, your eyeballs for advertising. I heard someone say once, and I won't get the quote exactly right, but it was something along the lines of um, you either are purchasing the product or you are the product. So free users of something like Facebook, the users are actually the product because that's what Facebook is making its money from. So uh, there's nothing you can do about that, unfortunately. Facebook does get pretty good at giving you some options to choose what it is that you see, but I don't believe there's that option in Messenger at the moment. Yeah. And Messenger's yep. becoming a very strong customer service tool for businesses, so they're putting a lot of focus on Messenger at the moment. Yeah, and I had heard that, everyone. I had heard, oh, someone said to me, oh, advertise on Messenger, you get directly to your customer. And I thought, oh, and I just tucked that away. And then now people are doing it to me. And I said, get off my Messenger. That's where I just <laughs> and I thought, So anybody out there, please, please, please don't use Messenger because it's not friendly and we don't like it. <laughs> but you, uh, from a professional point of view, it's not very attractive, is it? Well, I think, you know, use your common sense. If it's something, if you are your ideal target audience, as you've already said, and you find that annoying, chances are other people will too. Um, I think there are certain products that potentially lend themselves to that type of advertising. Um, But I always think, you know, you want to look at social media as a relationship. And I think that you need to earn the right to advertise to people. So how do you earn that right? You deliver value. So write articles, share hints, tips, facts, inspiration, put content out there, whatever platform it's on, put content out there that actually adds value and encourages people to connect with you. Now that does take more work than just putting a couple of dollars into advertising, but it's a much stronger basis for a relationship and it's... um, you know, they're the businesses or the individuals that are doing really well on social media. They're the ones that take the time. And I tell you, I really recommend that you follow Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. He is the epitome of how an individual can use Facebook to connect with people. And he's really human and he's really down to earth. And um, I find him incredibly inspirational for whatever people might think about the fact that they're a big business making lots of money out of us. And they are. Um, He's actually a really amazing human being who has um, a lot of integrity and a lot of insight and views on how to make the world a better place. And you can see how that's changed since he's had a child. Um, But I really recommend following him because I think we all have a lot to learn as individuals about how we can cut through on platforms like Facebook and be really human and authentic because at the end of the day, that's what you need to do, particularly as individuals and as writers and authors. You know, people don't want you to hide behind a book cover. They want you to be human. They want to know who you are. And social media is a fabulous place for you to to show that side of yourself. 
Yeah. And I, look, I think that's a wonderful place uh, to stop there, everybody, because I'm at my 30 minutes and 44 seconds. But I just <laughs> wanted to say, Kate, there is so much more to unpack in that conversation and so many more things that I could ask you about and talk to you about. Um, I'm happy I, to come back. <laughs> I, oh, I was going to ask that. Now I, now I can't. Kate, we would love to have you back. You've given us some great tips and tricks today. Um, this podcast is my way of giving back and, and sharing everything that I've got with everybody else. So, look, I hope you got something out of this, everybody. Uh, Kate Kate is over at take10social.com.au. I can't recommend those little courses highly enough. Once we get off the podcast, I'm going to talk to Kate a little bit more about that. Um, but for this afternoon, Kate's got two little babies coming home, and I'm not quite sure how because they can't even walk yet, um, but she does have to go. Kate, thank you very much for being on Rider on the Road. Is there any last thing to say, or did you just say it? I think I just said it, Melinda, and thank you very much for having me on. Okay, and that's another episode of Rider on the Road. Bye for now. At 31 minutes and 42 seconds, everybody, I'm so proud of myself. Mm